Welcome back to the Balance Bully Podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm your host, Nikita Ren Thigpen, always thrilled to be in the space with you today. Listen, we are already full into this year, full into the joy and the stress of everything that every week has brought to us. And if you happen to be a mama or a mama-to-be, this one is especially for you. I am bringing the infamous Becky Vieira. She is the voice behind the popular Instagram mom account, Witty Otter. Yes, I really love the title already. Witty (laughs) Otter, where she is leading the shift in the way women speak about motherhood to get away from the martyrdom of all the things that conventional wisdom says you're supposed to do and what you're supposed to be and how much you're supposed to sacrifice yourself. Before becoming a writer, Becky spent more than 15 years as a publicist for some of the biggest public relations agencies representing major consumer brands, including Mattel's Barbie, Disney Mm -hmm. Consumer Products, and the charitable program Stand Up to Cancer. Her newly released book, Enough About the Baby was written as a gifting guide to new moms who want to be great caregivers and get their needs met too. Becky, welcome to the BBP. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. You are I welcome. love your introduction of the book. You made yeah. I need you to just be with me all the time when people ask me the title. I, I will do it. I I love the title. When I read it, it literally was shouting at me, enough about the baby. I was like, I know, right? That's what I've been saying for 26 years. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love for you to share with everyone what brought you to this space in your career, just like high level as a writer who's now having all this phenomenal success on IG and speaking wisdom into these mothers who have been sucked into the bubble of expectations from society. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Um, (laughs) So to back it up, Mm -hmm. I, as you mentioned, I worked in PR for quite some time and I was just very much burnt out on it. I, uh, you know, just wasn't enjoying it the way that I had been and and thought maybe it was time for a bit of a career pivot. Um, And when I got pregnant with my son, so I had taken some time off from work. My husband very generously said, why don't you just take a few months and figure out what you want to do? During those few months uh, was when we discovered I was pregnant. Mm. And while I was on Baby Center, saw that they were looking for a new pregnant mom blogger. And I sent in some work and lo and behold, they hired me and I began writing in the mom space. So a lot of mom blogs, um, primarily baby center, scary mommy. Mm-hmm. And that led me to Instagram. And, uh, just from there, I've just really kind of started sharing instead of yes, some humor, but a lot of the truths about motherhood that I think that we don't speak often enough about. True. And just from there, that kind of became the book. It's, it's all these things I wish I had known that would have made my experience better and the information I think women need. Yeah. This new generation of moms who, you know, aren't here for, you know, the being a martyr and being exhausted and being depleted, Mm -hmm. um, you know, who want to 
enjoy this, to get through this and are willing to do what it takes, which is prioritize themselves a little bit. I know that's right. You're talking to the right one. I literally teach (laughs) couples and individual women entrepreneurs how to be intentionally selfish in a good way, in a healthy way. It's so important. So I'm with you. On on all and the I levels. Think that work gets such a bad rap. It like does. you you can be selfish and it's you know, it's not like you're not caring about others or you're you're taking away from others. Sometimes we have to be selfish. We have to take things for ourselves because otherwise no one's gonna give it to us. Come on. And we do deserve the time and the breaks and the consideration. You'll of course the baby matters. The baby's always gonna be top. Of course. But we need to be right under there. Right. You'll appreciate this very visual <laughs> metaphor that I usually talk about um, in corporate spaces too, which is always fun to see the look on everyone's faces. When I'm like, you know, sometimes you got to stop breastfeeding everybody. And if you're constantly breastfeeding, even a physical real child, I'm talking hours and hours and hours, you and I know yeah. as mothers, that is pain, that is chafing, that is cracking, that is bleeding, that is resenting doing what you have wanted to do to nourish this human. And the same goes for the other people who are energetically being breastfed off of your energy, your siblings, Mm -hmm. your parents, if you're at a space where you're caregiving for aging parents, your friends who think you're supposed to still be available whenever they Mm want to catch up and go together as if you don't have a tiny human keeping you up all night, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, (laughs) Keeping you up for days for, sometimes. For days. I was trying to be generous, but speak it. Speak yeah. the truth. <laughs> What's some of the the things that you feel based on all the writing you've been doing in the mommy space that are those, this doesn't have to be this way um, types of advice that mothers or new mothers especially are typically getting that would make them feel like they have to stop being an individual soul because now they're only a mother. Like, what are some of those things that come up? Well, something you already mentioned, I think breastfeeding yeah. is, um, you know, it's, it's, we've kind of come full spectrum with it, right? Like there was this great movement to encourage breastfeeding, mm-hmm. which I believe is very important. Yeah. Um, we do need the education. We do yeah. need the resources. We do want to empower women to breastfeed okay. if they want to, but it's almost gone to the point now where it's, you will breastfeed. Um, mm-hmm. in my prenatal care, it was always talked about, like it was a given, it was never asked of me if I wanted to breastfeed. It was never, um, anything I chose or suggested. It was just, you will breastfeed. If I asked about formula, it was, Oh, don't worry about that. You will <laughs> breastfeed. And, uh, you know, I, I knew nothing of formula, what to look for, what to pick, and I will breastfeed. Um, right. I turned out very lucky that I had a great supply. Mm-hmm. My son was a great latcher and we fed and we fed and we fed. Mm-hmm. And there were times he was wanting to go every 45 minutes he was wanting to eat. And that's, as you, you know, you said, it's very depleting. Yes. It's, um, you know, you're, you're stuck on a couch, especially in, in the early days. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I would practically have to get undressed to the waist. I would need two pillows. I would need to put my feet up. It's, it's not an easy process at the beginning. Um, so I was doing that, of course, it was taking a lot out of me. Um, and I just got to the point where it began to affect my mental health. Um, and when I kind of broached the topic of, stopping or combo feeding, 
uh, you know, I was treated like I was just suggesting some horror. Um, how could you do that to your child mm-hmm. and he needs your breast milk? And I went along with it and really to the detriment of my mental health. I think that I wish that I knew that my sanity, my happiness, my mental health mattered more right. than whether my son was breastfed or formula fed. Um, I think a great common ground for a lot of people is combo feeding, mm-hmm. um, you know, breastfeeding, pumping, but also substituting formula for some feeding. So it's not always on the mother. Yeah. And, you know, those were never told to me as an option. It was, it was just this, you know, you breastfeed or else right. and that there was some level of shame associated with not doing it. Listen, and it's, it's awful. You hit the nail right on the head when you said that word. Shaking the shame is literally the reason that I even started the Balance Bully podcast. Because I yeah. feel like we, as pioneers in the individual spaces that we're in, we typically get it the most from other people in the space or other experts that are like, if you don't do it my way, then, yes. right? Like, you are not of excellence. You are you are not going to be your greatest version of yourself. Like, the last time I checked. And that's ego, right? right? So it's much ego. to see you do it the same way they did. Which is so ridiculous in so many ways. Because when you get into, you know, staying with breastfeeding just for a hot second, there are mothers, and I, I come from pediatric medical clinical care and trauma specialists as my background before this. When you have mothers who have physical medical issues that might interrupt their supply or be a danger to them because of a medication that they have to take for various illnesses where they cannot continue to feed, they are still shamed, even though they'll say, oh, well, it's okay. Your situation is understandable. But the whole time for all their prenatal appointments, for all the the mommy circles that they've been a part of, all the things have made them feel bad, but they get to have an excuse if the pity is applicable, right? Like if it works in that arena and then that makes those people feel less than empowered as mothers. Um, And don't get me started on working mothers who, you know, can't stay home for six, eight, 10, 12 weeks or more and they have to go. And there's still a ton of places that do not accommodate breastfeeding mothers with Mm -hmm. integrity. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, you might have a room where you're next to a loud, gross heater or something like in the organization. But that's not very nurturing to me wanting to be in a a good, healthy mental space as I'm thinking about nourishing my child and trying to scarf down my salad at the same time. Right. Give me extra time to do this. Yeah. Right. It's on you. It's Mm -hmm. on you. And some women are pumping in bathroom stalls and it's just... It's it's terrible. It's terrible. No one is looking out for the mother. Exactly. And that's why we have to advocate for ourselves because no one else will. We need to kind of watch this motherhood revolution. And there's a lot of things we need. There's a lot of things we need to start talking about. Um, Things need to change. On so many levels. It's on us to do it. It is, well, you're doing it, right? Like I know I'm, I'm in it with all things intentionally selfish and living fully by balance and boldly, like all the things. And you dropping this very serious, very thick, I got my copy, very thick book down to really give them a space to be heard. I think yeah. is ultimately what you're doing. 
when you decided to curate all of the knowledge that you have been writing, you know, through the micro blogs and the longer blogs and the different ways you were showing up, did you hit any imposter syndrome or anything that made you say, wait a minute, are people really going to listen to me? Are they going to hear me? Are they going to think I'm an extremist, you know, actually (laughs) wanting for the mother to be cared for? (laughs) Like, you know, did any of that come up for you in the back of your mind? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it always says, I mean, by nature of of what I do of sharing myself, um, so openly mm-hmm. on social media. Um, <laughs> I do get a lot of that, you know, who, who are you? This isn't how I feel. I mean, there's this perception, like we talked about, if you're not doing things the way I do them, you're wrong. Right. Or if you have a struggle that I didn't have, it's due to a fault in you. Right. Um, and you hear that a lot. And, you know, there's a, one small mom's group somewhere in the UK and they love to come after me on, on my Twitter and tell me that I'm trying to stifle the world's population by scaring women into not becoming moms. Um, you know, and you, you do hear these things and they do kind of pop up in the back of the back of uh, your head at times. Um, I, you know, that's just who I am and, and how I am. Um, I'd be lying if I said it never bothers me. I mean, of course, there's a lot where, you know, you can just kind of roll your eyes and <laughs> and know. But I would say it's like you can take it 99 times and sometimes it's the 100th. That yeah. just is the gut punch. Um, so, yeah, there were times I was I was kind of going through this and thinking, oh, what, you know, mm-hmm. is this just me in a yeah. vacuum, in a bubble? But a lot of it I knew wasn't just me because I had already done a lot of the work in speaking with mothers. So I went in with these kind of fully crafted ideas of what the chapter should be about already based on things I'd spoken with, with women about. Mm -hmm. And as I started to bring in the experts and interview them, um, I think that really cleared up any kind of doubts or worries I had because they do speak to all of these things and they do validate all these thoughts that we're having. And they give us, you know, ideas on, you know, how not to feel these horrible things or how not to feel like you're alone or, you know, that you're the only one in these hard places. So, um, yeah, I mean, that helped. Although I will say, you know, some days I look at Amazon and I see my name on there and I think, oh, that that's when I feel the imposter syndrome. Like, who am I to have a book? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. A woman with 15 plus years of professional experience who also happens to be a wife and a mama who also happens to yeah. have like 130,000 followers on one of her platforms. Just a little bit of credibility there. Just, oh, thank just you. Just a snitch. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. So I have to ask you, with all that you are navigating through and managing professionally and personally, how are you giving yourself permission to pause? Yeah, it's, you know, it's not easy. I think anyone who who thinks that they have it all figured out, bless their hearts, maybe they do. But um, for me, whenever I feel like I have it all figured out, that's when the other shoe drops. Um, (laughs) Something comes up and... You know, there we go. You know, I think for me is I try to stop myself. I'm not, I'm not great. I'm getting better at trying to carve out time for myself on a regular basis, but there is that guilt, you know, Mm -hmm. there is that, uh, you know, I have one child, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had secondary infertility. I wasn't able to have another child. So I feel like I need to grasp 
every moment I can with my son. Um, so there is like a lot of times I do, I do have that guilt about wanting to step away and wanting to take time for myself. But, um, you know, I just remind myself that I have to do it. And again, it's practice what I preach in the book. If you don't do it, everyone else is going to suffer. Um, in many households, the mom is at the core. And if she's not functioning, she's the engine. If she needs work, the car is going to stop running. And, um, you know, that kind of encourages me to, you know, take time and take time for myself. And I think also once I kind of started reminding myself that it didn't have to be these big, huge things, right? Like I think when it comes for asking for help, we assume that, you know, we need someone to come in and just swoop in and fix everything when really just even having one or two little things makes a huge difference. So while I spent a lot of time, well, when can I find a weekend to go over with my friends or when am I going to do this? It's not always easy and it's not always going to happen. It does and it can. And I have done those things, but sometimes it needs to be me saying to my husband, I'm going to Target and I'm probably going to be there for two hours (laughs) and please don't call me and you'll see me when you see me. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's often, it's just the alone time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I do self-lovecations, uh, six weeks out of the year, plus another three at the end. And it's a, a big part of what I, I teach a lot of the other entrepreneurial women because we do deal yeah. with guilt and like, who, how dare you stop the breastfeeding, right? Like of, of yes. all the people yes. energetically and all the things. But when you come out of it, your sex is better. Your energy is better. You're more nervous. Your skin is better. Like there's so many different things that come, whether you're doing it in 20 minute pockets, like you said, or two Mm -hmm. hours for the target or the, the infamous sit in the driveway, you know, moments. Yeah. My car, my car is a great source of, of a place where I recharge and literally, you know, and I think it's also important to know that at different stages, Mm -hmm. you're going to be able to get different things. So while I would love to go, Mm -hmm. you know, go to, take a trip for a week with my friends or for my husband and I to just take mm-hmm. off and leave. It's, it's not possible right now. And that doesn't mean it's, it's not yeah. going to be in five years, but right. you know, I think that we have to also kind of keep redefining what these things mean as mothers, yes. um, as women, you know, where you are in your career, mm-hmm. where you are, as your child, a newborn mm-hmm. is your, you know, it, and it changes and nothing has to be all or nothing. And, what is here today isn't necessarily going to be the situation tomorrow. Absolutely. I hear you speaking to the seasons. There's seasons for for some of those things. But in the interim, carving out that space for yourself, like I love blowing bubbles and having private dance parties for two minutes. Like just the the bubbles is breath work and the dancing is energetic moving and silliness and awkwardness, but it raises my vibration and it allows me to show up fully for whatever that next maybe two, three, yes. four hours stint is. So I'm with you completely. You and are I get speaking. it from singing like the Hamilton soundtrack <laughs> at the top of my lungs. And, <laughs> you know, when I'm in the car, I'm ready for Broadway. Come on. <laughs> Outside of the car. It's more of a personal <laughs> thing, but just that kind of release mm-hmm. um, is, is, is great for me. And, you know, it's different for all of us. But, yeah. but to your point, it's just finding something. Yeah. Even if it's, you know, taking a walk to a coffee shop and, you know, getting coffee or, or mm. a muffin or something, just, just taking something for yourself. I and know. you have to take it. Yeah, That's, absolutely. 
It's not, no one's going to do this for us. Absolutely. Or else you'll just keep hearing about the baby. No. <laughs> well, and it, you know, and it works better for society. They, you know, society's in a great place right now. They call us superheroes and, you know, they say, oh, you have a village and they say all these things and it's like, but they do not, oh, well, you're a superhero. So we don't need to help. Well, That's we're good. not. And you do. Right. Superheroes take yeah. commercial breaks. That, that's what I'll yeah. say to that. There's a commercial yeah. break for them. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. we don't actually get in real life. How can exactly. people connect with you and get more of all your juiciness? Um, you know, <laughs> the best place to find me really right now is on Instagram. Yeah. And that's Witty Otter. Um, I pretty much link everything, all my articles, my book, everything I do. I always say, you know, I, I tweet sometimes. I'm too old for TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> but Instagram's my sweet spot. So yeah. that's usually the best place to find me. No, I love that so much. I appreciate you, Becky, and your realness, your honesty, your transparency, and your ability to speak from your heart while doing it in a way where other people have a space with you at the same time. Thank you for oh, showing up for you. us. Oh, thank you. I just, in the, in the short time we've been talking, I just feel this, this love for you. <laughs> you just, very wonderful presence. I'm so glad we spoke. Thank you. You're making me smile and mess up my makeup. <laughs> Cut it out. No. <laughs> That's what we should do as women, right? Absolutely. A thousand yeah. percent. Yeah. You're you're phenomenal and a gift. And I'm really grateful that you're here. Oh, thank you so much. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> mess up the makeup. No, don't do it. <laughs> She's on a press tour, guys. She can't mess up the makeup. She can't mess up the makeup. <laughs> everyone keep that mascara on i know that's right <laughs> everyone thank you so much for tuning in today we value you i have to ask you to think of the new incumbent mother or the mother that you already know that's being swooped into the all the ecosystem of society talk of what has to be done when you know that it is not serving her so she can live her best life in the way that she needs to and share this episode with her. If it's multiple people, I mean, triplicate my favor, but please share it with at least one other person. And outside of that, I want you to enjoy the balance of your day, but remember, do it boldly. 